Everyone welcome our new sponsor, Diet Smoke. Diet Smoke is the premier source for THC products. The team at Diet Smoke sent us gummies to enjoy while we horror and chill. My favorite are the Great Sleep Gummies. And mine are the Cherry Lime Gummies. So with a wide range of strengths and doses, Diet Smoke promises to find the perfect product for you. Whether you want something strong to unwind, a boost of energy to keep you going, or a lighter option for a mellow high, Diet Smoke has you covered. They understand everyone is different, which is why they're dedicated to helping you find the perfect product. Their customer service team will be by your side, helping you along the way. Diet Smoke has cannabis gummies, shots, and vapes, each one made to deliver the best balance of flavor and effect. So don't settle for less and join the Diet Smoke community and discover the buzz for you. Visit dietsmoke.com today and use code DFWTO for 50% off any item and enjoy your journey to cannabis bliss. Diet Smoke, your partner in finding the perfect THC products. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, it's Casper and Becky from the DFWTO podcast. If you've been a longtime listener, you know how much mental health means to us. Mental health actually plays a role in many horror films, especially the final girl subgenre. Whether it's Nancy facing her nightmares and defeating Freddy, or Sydney taking out Ghostface to overcome the trauma of and avenge her mother's death. Not only are horror movies a huge comfort to Casper and I, so is putting our mental health first. And if you agree and you're searching for professional services, let BetterHelp be your guide. BetterHelp will connect you with a licensed therapist who can help you start your journey of self-awareness and discovery. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible and convenient for any type of schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get yourself matched up with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Just like the final girls that triumph over evil, triumph over your trauma with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DFWTO and save 10% off your first month when you sign up today. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-F-W-T-O. And remember, guys, don't, don't fuck, fuck with the original. original. Now let's get into the episode. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. I am your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. And you guys were back from a small little hiatus, but we... Just small. Just very small. We almost had to have another hiatus because of electricity not or uh, internet not working, but Scientology is not going to win. No. We are going to do this episode. Absolutely not. So here we are. But before we I don't know do, who hit that damn pole, but it was yeah. a Scientologist. Probably. Because they knew. Yeah, my power was out Monday night and then it came back and then all day yesterday, um, there was no internet. Like, at all. So, I'm not complaining that much, because it wasn't that bad. But if it wouldn't have been back on today, we would have been screwed. So, <laughs> kind of have to have internet, so. But be damned, we are here. Scientology will not stop us. You will not stop us. Never. But before we do get into the episode about uh, Scientology, uh, Becky's going to go over, you probably heard something new at the beginning of the podcast, and Becky is going to talk a little bit about our new sponsor. Guys, yes. Um, 
what goes better with horror than you know a little a little medicinal substance um so our new sponsor is a company called diet smoke i think that name is amazing i do so, love the name um they sell delta 8 and cbd gummies vapes um pretty much anything that your heart desires when it comes to that type of product to help give you a uh, you know a little bit of a buzz a little bit of a something a little bit of a get you through your day um as cat williams say get a little bit of that fuck it in your system um <laughs> but it is completely legal everything is 100% lab test you don't need a prescription 100% risk free they also have discreet fast delivery um, but if you didn't get a chance to listen to the promo, if you go to dietsmoke.com, that's D-I-E-T-S-M-O-K-E.com, and order what you want, when you go to the cart to check out, type in D-F-W-T-O, in that promo code, you get 50% off anything, anything that they have. Um, they have drinks, they have vapes, they have gummies, and again, it's perfectly legal, Delta 8 CBD products. Um to get you going and get you what you need. So check that out. Um, and then of course we still have better help as our other sponsor, all your mental health needs. They will put you in touch with a therapist. Um, you sign up for a subscription through them. They'll get you in touch. You can shop around, find one that works for you. Uh, DFWTO slash better help. You get 10% um, off when you sign up. So those are our sponsors. Now it's we'll pretty wild that we have spo sponsors. more sponsors. I'm, it's pretty crazy. It's amazing. I'm glad we have one that sent us free shit. That was kind of cool. Like, I want to I wanna get more of those. <laughs> I want to sign up for more of those. Right. They'll hook you guys up. They hook us up. I mean, 50% off is pretty dope. I thought it was pretty awesome. That's pretty dope. I was dope. really happy about that. So, yeah. For all your horror and chill needs. But anyway, we're going to get into the episode tonight, guys. We are going to be utilizing Wikipedia to talk about the Church of Scientology. And if you guys are wondering why we decided to pick this one for our particular cult episode, it's uh, basically because it's been in the news a lot lately mm -hmm. with uh, Danny, Masterson. Danny Masterson pretty much being taken down and being convicted of two counts of rape. So he's going to be in ass rape jail for quite a while. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. I know. I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy. He's great. Really going to do well. Best role of a lifetime. He deserves it. Mm -hmm. He deserves all of it. Um, but I got really, I think anybody around my age group really kind of got started to learn more and kind of the buzz in your ear more about Scientology if you're an old millennial like me was South Park and that South Park episode first of all they they sued they tried to sue them they're they're very litigious uh that's something that'll probably we'll probably get into while reading this they're extremely litigious the whole reason why they have a 501c3 tax exempt status is because they basically tried to sue everybody they could in the IRS and blackmail them. They're they're horrible. <laughs> they're absolutely terrible. They have way too much money than what they need. But that South Park episode really blew it open and we'll talk about it. Um, they basically, from what I remember in the episode, I think Stan was supposed to be the second coming of L. Ron Hubbard. Um, it featured a Tom Cruise, John Travolta, I think it was probably one of the first time we ever found out that they were Scientologists. 
Um, and then they go into this whole thing where, and it's funny because it's all animated, you know, the show's animated. So they're showing this whole part of the show, if nobody saw it, where Xenu, uh, everything they believe in, the whole thing, but like underneath it was like this text that kept flashing. This is what they really believe in. This is what Scientologists <laughs> really believe in. Because you're watching this and you're thinking this is like a sci-fi show. You're like, what? It is and a I satire. Remember, I remember watch. So I remember watching this. Again, this is an old. This was an old South Park episode. So it kind of like put the buzz in the ear of like, oh, this is nuts. Like what? Like who actually believes this? You know. And then you kind of off and on heard about it. And then I think, I think what really broke it through was when Leah Remini left. And well, I know prior to that, there had been a couple of other people that left. Louis Thoreau had um, a Scientology documentary that had come out. Uh, but I, I really think for everybody, the big blowout was when Leah Remini left and decided to just expose everything. Um, her and Mike Render, who was, like one of the top echelon and he was like the right hand man of uh david miscavige who's the current scientology cult leader um and uh mike render and leah remini started their show scientology in the aftermath i watched every episode every after special i i, I watched all of it i didn't miss one thing i was just consumed um I think mostly because you just kept thinking like, how are they getting away with this? How have mm -hmm. they gotten away with this for so long? And how do they continue to get away with this? And then, you know, what more came forward about, uh, you know, the Danny Masterson's, there were three victims ultimately, um, but the two that he was convicted for, uh, they were Scientology members. And, um, you know, just the, you don't go to the police, you don't tell anybody, they're bullied uh they're they're followed they're humiliated they're uh blackmailed you, you know your name's drug through the mud you're made to blame it's all your fault i, I mean well obviously now they're ex scientology members but like and i mean that even went on during the trial uh danny masterson's own sister sorry to the walking dead fans out there but alana masterson yeah tara from the walking dead that's his sister and she is the scientologist and she's a piece of shit too um sorry uh but yeah i mean they were all involved they were all trying to cover it up they all victim blamed but um he was convicted and he was found guilty so um yeah i the only way this plays the i the, the, one of the main reasons other two that i wanted to talk about this is i think the more people that talk about it the more it just you know the less they can get away with a lot of what they're doing and hopefully one day the IRS will grow some balls and take away their tax exempt status. I don't know what more information and evidence you need. They, they don't need to have that. That's the only thing that keeps them in power because they have a lot of money. They have a lot of lawyers. They're very litigious and they're able to cover up everything that they do by saying, well, we're a church. So right. we just do things different. Literally, they're like, if I just slap church on it, then we can do what we want. Yeah. So, um, the Church of Scientology as a whole is a group of interconnected corporate entities and other organizations devoted to the practice, administration, and decimation, dissemination, sorry, well, we want it decimated, but 
um, of Scientology, which is variously defined as a cult. Uh, some people consider it a business or a new religious movement. The movement has been subject of a number of controversies, and the Church of Scientology has been described by government inquiries, international parliamentary bodies, scholars, law lords, and numerous superior court judges as both a dangerous cult and manipulative profit-making business. Hold on, please. Where are you? Oh, there you are. I was like, where Sorry. are you? You're fine. <laughs> You're like, huh? Um, in 1979, several executives of the organization were convicted and imprisoned for multiple offenses by a U.S. federal court. The Church of Scientology itself was convicted of fraud by a French court in 2009, and that decision was upheld by the Supreme Court of Cassation in 2013. The German, German government classifies Scientology as an unconstitutional sect. In France, it is classified as a dangerous cult. And in some countries, it has, unfortunately, attained legal recognition as a religion, like here in the United States. Um, the Church of Scientology International, the CSI, is officially the mother church and it is responsible for guiding the other Scientology centers. Its international headquarters are located at the Gold Base, which is Riverside County, California. The Church of Spiritual Technology, which is the CST, is the organization that owns all of the copyrights of the estate of L. Ron Hubbard. All Scientology management organizations are controlled exclusively by members of the Sea Org, which is a legally non-existent paramilitary organization for the elite innermost dedicated core of Scientologists. David Miscavige is described by Scientology organization as the highest ranking Sea Org member and is referred to by the organization as its captain. He basically took over after L. Ron Hubbard died. He was his successor. I'm sorry. I don't know where you are. We're in history. Okay. I was like, you were all over the place. I had no idea like where you were in any of... I was reading the this part, the very beginning. That's why we're not on the same thing. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> we are not. Oh my God. You poor thing. I have been. Sorry, guys. We were uh, not. We were literally not on the same page. <laughs> we, we were quite. Well, which not is, on the is same what's page. really funny is that part of what you were saying was on that. So I was like, oh, okay. There she is. And then I was like, what the fuck? She's gone again. Like, sorry. <laughs> no, that's not your fault. That's too funny. I didn't even realize. There Just so you pages. guys know, there oh, are gosh. two different Scientology pages, apparently. Is... I did not know that. So I apparently didn't either. one goes over the entire institution of Scientology and the other one just talks about its the ideologies. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about that because I don't want people to join. So <laughs> Right. We're like, no, we're not. We wanna, we're not we recruiting. Burn it down. Yeah, we're not recruiting. Okay. So you stopped here. Exactly. Okay. Yes, ma'am. I have arrived. Now we are on the same page. <laughs> I have arrived. You have arrived at your destination. <laughs> you have arrived at your destination. <laughs> the first Church of Scientology organization was incorporated in December in 1953 in Camden, New Jersey by L. Ron Hubbard, his wife Mary Sue Hubbard, and John Galusha. By that time, the Hubbard Association of Scientologists International, or HASI, had already been operating since 1952, and Hubbard himself had already been selling Scientology books and technologies. In 1953, he wrote to Helen O'Brien, who was managing the organization, asking her to investigate their religion angle. Soon after, despite O'Brien's misgivings and resignation, he announced the religious nature of Scientology in a bulletin to all Scientologists, stretching its relation to the concept of Dharma. 
and the first Church of Scientology opened in 1954 in Los Angeles. Hubbard stated a civilization without insanity, without criminals, and without war, where the able where the able can prosper and honest beings can have rights, and where man is free to rise to greater heights are the aims of Scientology. After the formation of the Church of Scientology, Hubbard composed what he called its creed. The Scientology creed emphasizes three key points, being free to enjoy religious expression, the idea that mental healing is inherently religious, and the healing of the physical body is in the spiritual domain. Hubbard had official control of the organization until 1966, when this function was transferred to a group of executives. Although Hubbard maintained no formal relationship with Scientology's management, he remained firmly in control of the organization and its affiliated organizations. In May of 1986, subsequent to the sudden death of L. Ron Hubbard, David Miss Miscavige, thank you, who was at the time the commanding officer of the Commodore's messenger organization, uh, assumed the position of the chairman of the board of the Religious Technology Center, or RTC, a nonprofit corporation that administers the trademark names and symbols of Dianetics and Scientology. Although RTC is a separate corporation from the Church of Scientology International, whose president and chief spokesperson is Heber Jens. Oh, yeah, I guess that's how you say that. Uh, Miss Cabbage is recognized and describes himself as the leader of the Scientology organization. Yeah, so that per the Church of Scientology actually has several spokesperson. Um, Heber Gents apparently is listed as missing, and currently the Church of Scientology International does not will not disclose any other information regarding him. So this is actually kind of similar to um, David Miscavige's wife, Shelley Miscavige. We have no idea if she's still alive. Nobody has seen her in, I think, 2005 or 2009 was one of the last times she was seen. So that that happens to a lot of their members. They just go missing and nobody and no one says anything no, no one is allowed to say anything nope. in 96 the church of scientology implemented the golden age of tech tech pertaining to the entire body of the scientology religious techniques releasing a training program for scientology auditors while precisely following hubbard's teachings it was followed by the launch of the golden age of knowledge in 2005 where hubbard's announcements of milestones in the research and development of dianetics and scientology were released between 2005 and 2010, the organization would complete its 25-year program to restore and verify the Scientology scriptures. The organization released the second phase of the Golden Age of Tech in November of 2013, based on the original work of Hubbard. The Superpower Rundown, which was a new component of auditing, was released in Clearwater, Florida. Of course it was, because Florida is on crazy. Yes. Um. Okay, to go back to... I'm so sorry to do this, but to go back to that other page, um, the one that just said Scientology, um, real quick, just so people have an understanding of where the word came from, um, and just how it's ultimately classified to believers and non-believers. So, um... I'm going to jump around a little bit under the definition and classification on that page. So the word itself that L. Ron Hubbard coined, um, it's derived from the Latin word scientitia, which comes from the verb skyer, which means to know. 
it's a Greek word, with the suffix ology from the Greek logos, which means knowledge or account of. So Hubbard claimed that the word itself actually means knowing about knowing or the science of knowledge, which literally makes no sense. Um, <laughs> the name Scientology deliberately makes use of the word science, seeking to benefit from the prestige and perceived legitimacy of nature's natural science and the public imagination. Now, a lot of people make, confuse this, and I did the same with Christian science and science of the mind. They're a little similar with kind of the same in, in tactics and recruitment, but um, Christian science is a little different. Like, uh, there's a really, James Hetfield from Metallica, kind of off topic, was raised uh, Christian science. And like, they're the ones that you, you they don't believe in going to the hospital if you get sick. Those are Christian scientists. Yeah. 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 I think, I think that got kind of mixed. I think like when I first found out about Scientology, I was sort of confused by the two because of the names. But that one's, that one is far different. Um, but the sociologist Stephen Kent views the Church of Scientology as a multifaceted transnational corporation. Only one element of it is religious. And a religious historian, Hugh Urban, describes Scientology as a huge, complex, and multifaceted movement. So it's described, Urban describes it also as representing a rich syncretistic blend of Hinduism, Buddhism, and the Lima, which is actually interesting because one of the earliest creators, well, earliest followers that worked alongside L. Ron Hubbard was Jack Parsons, and he was friends with Aleister Crowley. So, um, L. Ron, L. Ron Hubbard's own son basically said that he was demonic. So, just take that for well, you know, however you want to take it. Um, do with that information with what you will. Hubbard claimed that Scientology was all denominational and that members of the church are not prohibited from active involvement in other religions. Scholar of religion Donald Westbrook encountered church members who also practiced Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, and the Nation of Islam. One was even a Baptist minister. In practice, however, Westbrook noted that most church members consider Scientology to be their only commitment and their deeper, the deeper their involvement in the church, the less likely they were to continue practicing other traditions. Um, also, the debates over whether Scientology is a cult business or a religion has been continued over many years. Um, its founder, L. Ron Hubbard, presented as such that it was considered to be a religion, but early history of the Scientology organization and Hubbard's policy directives, letters, instructions to subordinates indicate that his motivation for doing so was as a legally pragmatic move to minimize a tax burden. In many countries, the Church of Scientology has engaged in extensive litigation to secure recognition as a tax-exempt religious organization, and it has managed to obtain such status in as few jurisdictions, including the United States, Italy, and Australia. The Church has not received recognition as a religious organization in the majority of countries it operates. Um, so yeah, through, through suing is basically how they got it. Even, um, the name of like how the C organization started, it was basically because L. Ron Hubbard wanted to, um, he was trying to ultimately evade 
taxes and got on a boat so he could be like in international waters. He was trying to get out of paying taxes. So that was like this whole thing. That was like this whole thing. That that was basically, he wanted to start a religion. So it's exactly like that line said, like he, the way he could sell it is by telling people that, oh, my intention is to make a religion. But it was said many times, and it's even in his own writings, that his motivation for starting this was legally pragmatic to minimize taxes. So he wouldn't have to pay taxes. Well, and that he could backdate everything, um, even once the church was given tax exempt status. Um, I swear, some people do anything to <laughs> not pay taxes, including make a crazy religion. So, to give another quick background about him, in April of 1953, he wrote a letter proposing that Scientology transform into a religion. December of that year, he incorporated the Church of American Science, Church of Scientology, and the Church of Spiritual Engineering in Camden, New Jersey. He purchased St. Hill Manor in 1959 in Sussex, UK, which became the worldwide headquarters of the Church of Scientology in his own personal residence. Um, the with the church under heavy criticism, it adopted strong measures of attack in dealing with its critics. In 1966, he established a guardian's office, which is an intelligence unit. I swear to God, that sounds like the fucking Nazis. Devoted to undermining <laughs> those hostile towards, towards Scientology. So he created a unit to devote to those who were hostile towards the organization. So this still exists. These are the ones that hire private investigators. They go through people's garbage. They literally move in next door to current and ex-Scientologists. They they do everything they can to find dirt to blackmail these these people. They 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 buy Google ads to push um, smear websites about ex-Scientologists to the top of the list, so that if you Google ex-Scientologist names, it's um, it's a Scientology based website smearing them that pop up to the top of the Google search because they pay Google for this. It's insane. It's insane how much money to ha they have and the links that they go to, to, to go after people. It's, I mean, it's, it's wild. So the guardian's office launched an extensive program. So this is how they got, this is ultimately how they got their, their 501 C3 status, how they got their tax exempt status. They launched an extensive program of countering, Negative publicity, gathering intelligence, and infiltrating hostile organizations. Operation Snow White, they infiltrated the IRS and several other government departments, stole, photocopied, and then returned tens of thousands of documents pertaining to the church, politicians, and celebrities. And they got away with this. In July of 1977, police raids on church premises in Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles revealed the extent of the GO's infiltration into government departments and other groups, 11 officials and agents of the church were indicted. In December, one of them was his wife at the time. December of 1979, they were sentenced between four and five years, individually fined $10,000. Uh, Mary Sue Hubbard was also found guilty. Public, public revelations of the GO's activities brought widespread condemnation of the church. So this is going back even in the 70s. So in 67... When he started the Sea Organization, and like I said, this was him getting on a boat to be in international waters 
so that he could basically get away from uh from being able to pay taxes um but i mean this is crazy shit this is where they make people sign um their their million year their billion year contracts if you're a sea org member you sign a billion year contract no matter how old you are it doesn't matter um and it's and basically it's just slave labor on this ship like there are interviews of people that talk about being kids being basically like worked to death just clean this old bratty ship that he had them on in the middle of international waters just so he could not have to pay taxes well it's oh so literally what this whole thing is about is about and has survived for as long as it has this blackmail and to get out of paying taxes it's nuts um so at the age of 21 in 1981 david miscavige became one of hubbard's closest aides and he rose to prominence when hubbard died in january 24th of 1986 in creston california miscavige was um, succeeded as head of the church in 1993 the irs dropped all litigation against the church and formally recognized them as a religious organization because they basically got bullied into doing so. So if you wanted to really read beliefs and practices, this in, one's an in interesting. In the Scientology part? In the Scientology okay. one. Okay. This one's interesting just because this is going to go deep into the Thetans, the auditing, all that. Like, th this is this is stuff that a lot of people don't know about. And this is a big part of it that people need to know, which is ultimately the entire rundown. Like, this will go, and you don't have to read the whole thing. We can just go, like, section by section. But, like, this part is really important because this gives, like, the entire rundown, how the whole thing works. And we know all of this now because of ex-Scientologists. So many have come forward. Bless them. I'm telling you. So Hubbard lies at the core of Scientology, with his writings remaining the source of its doctrines and practices. Sociologist religion David G. Bromley describes the religion as Hubbard's personal synthesis of philosophy, physics, and psychology. Hubbard claimed that he developed his ideas through research and experimentation rather than through revelation from a supernatural source. He published hundreds of articles and books over the course of his life, writings that Scientologists regard as scripture. The church encourages people to read his work chronologically in the order in which it was written. It claims that Hubbard's work is perfect and no elaboration or alteration is permitted. Hubbard describes Scientology as an applied religious philosophy because, according to him, it consists of a metaphysical doctrine, a theory of psychology, and teachings and morality. Hubbard developed thousands of neo- why can't I pronounce that? Neologems. Neologems, okay. I was putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable in my head. Um, during his lifetime, the nomenclature used by the movement is termed Scientologies by members. Because Scientolo they have a lot of their own language. They they shorten words. Like, they don't say C-organization. They say C-org. So they have a lot of their own their own languages. That sounds culty as shit. It sounds like 1984. Um, <laughs> Scientologists are expected to learn this specialist terminology, the use of which separates followers from non-Scientologists. The church refers to its practices as technology, a term often shortened to tech. Scientologists stress the standardness of this tech by which they express belief in its infallibility. The church's system of 
Pedagogy. Thank you. Guys, I can't fucking read any of these words, apparently. It's called study tech and presented at the best method for learning. Scientology teaches that when reading, it is very important not to go past a word one does not understand. Ha <laughs> Hilarious. Because I'm over here like, pedagogy? A person should instead consult a dictionary as to the meaning of the word before progressing. Something Scientology word calls word clearing. Which, if this is one positive I will give them, Tom Cruise has stated that that actually did help him. Tom Cruise has gone on record. He, he's um, dyslexic. He's diagnosed dyslexic at a very young age. And he has gone on record saying that that is one thing that ultimately helped him overcome his dyslexia and be able to read scripts better and enunciate better um with in in speaking speech and with acting um through this so and in some all honesty, of the teachings of scientology actually can be beneficial it's when you get so deep in it that's anything is yeah that's honestly it really anything. is yeah the scholar of religion christensen Describe Scientology Scientology as being a religion of practice rather than a religion of belief. According to Scientology, its beliefs and practices are based on rigorous research and its doctrines are accorded a significance equivalent to scientific laws. Blind belief is held to be of the lesser significance than the practical application of Scientologist methods. Adherents are encouraged to validate the practices through their own personal experience. Hubbard put it this way, for a Scientologist, the final test of any knowledge he has gained is, did the data and use of it in life actually improve conditions or didn't it? Many Scientologists avoid using the words belief or faith to describe how Hubbard's teachings impacts their lives, preferring to say that they quote-unquote know it to be true. Yeah, once you will it into existence, it's true. There is no belief, it just is. Which well, there's still a, there's a million dollars in my bank like account. What? Okay. So I still don't. Since like, you know, uh-huh. I just said it. It is. So this is where we're going more into the actual practices of Scientology. Um, Scientology refers to the existence of a supreme being, but practitioners are not expected to worship it. No intercessions are made to seek this being's assistance in daily life. Hubbard referred to physical universe as the M-E-S-T universe, meaning matter, energy, space, and time. In Scientology's teachings, this M-E-S-T universe is separate from the Theta universe, which consists of life, spirituality, and thought. Scientology teaches that the M-E-S-T universe is fabricated through the agreement of all Thetans. I'm sorry, it's Thetans, not Thetans. Souls or spirits that exist. Actually, I think that's kind of a tomato-tomato thing. Um, and is therefore an illusion that is only given reality through the actions of Thetans themselves. So the total bridge to freedom is also known as the classification, graduation, and awareness chart. It's Scientology's primary roadmap to guide a person through the sequential steps to attain Scientology's concept of spiritual freedom. So it's literally a bridge you climb where you go through different levels to reach, to ultimately reach spiritual freedom freedom you you they're called ot levels so we'll get into that hubbard taught that there were three parts of man the spirit mind and body the first of these is a per- person's true inner self your theta being or your your theta being or your thetan while the thetan is akin to the idea of the solar spirit found in other traditions hubbard avoided terms like soul or spirit 
because of the cultural baggage. So he just made up his own fucking word. Hubbard stated <laughs> I'm so that sorry. the Thetan <laughs> is the person. So you are you in a body. I need to know where the fuck he came up with the word Thetan. Well, he's a science fiction author, so. Are you right? Um, <laughs> according to Hubbard, the Thetan, Thetan, whatever, uses the mind as a means of controlling the body. Which is just like your soul in a meat bag. I mean, I don't, you know. You know, okay. I just really wish I could take my uh, meat suit off and just. All watch it. the time. Scientology <laughs> teaches that the Thetan usually resides. Okay, so this is where it gets weird. It resides within the skull, but it can also leave your body, either remaining in close contact with it or being separated altogether. Is he trying to explain out-of-body experiences? You're like, I don't know what he's trying to explain. According to Scientology, <laughs> a person's thetan has existed for trillions of years. No wonder I'm so tired. countless lifetimes, listen. <laughs> Long before entering a physical body, it may now inhabit. In their original form, Thetans were simply energy separated from the physical universe. Each Thetan had its own home universe. It was through the collision of these that the physical MEST universe emerged. Once MEST was created, Scientology teaches that the Thetans began experimenting with human form ultimately losing knowledge of their origins and becoming trapped in physical bodies. Scientology also maintains that a series of universal accidents incidents have undermined the Thetans' ability to recall their origins. Hubbard taught that Thetans brought the material universe into being largely for their own pleasure. The universe has no independent reality, but derives its apparent reality from the fact that Thetans agree it exists. Thetans fell from grace when they began to identify with their creation rather than their original state of spiritual purity. Eventually, they lost their memory of their true nature along, I swear, it kind of sounds like Adam and Eve, along with the associated spiritual and creative powers. As a result, Thetans came to think of themselves as nothing but embodied beings. In all reality, though, when you look at a lot of religions and you look at a lot of things they believe, it's all very similar. It's just basically... in. It's the same concept in different ways. Yeah, and part of that goes with the Xenu mm -hmm. myth. And we'll get into that later because technically you aren't supposed to know what that is until you've reached the highest OT. You've reached the highest... Old Testament? Thetan level... <laughs> Yes, something like that. So Scientology also teaches the existence of re reincarnation that will go right into the whole Xenu thing. Hubbard taught that each individual has experienced past lives, although generally avoided using the term reincarnation. The movement claims that once a body dies, the Thetan enters into another body which is preparing to be born. It rejects the idea that the Thetan will be born into a non-human animal on Earth. In Hubbard's book, Have You Lived Before This Life?, um, recounted accounts of past lives. He himself recounted counts of past lives stretching back 55 billion years, which is why they make you sign this 100 billion year contract, often on other planets. We all following? Exteriorization. Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> refers to the Thetan leaving the physical body, if only for a short time, during which it is not encumbered by the physical universe and it exists in its original state. Scientology aims to exteriorize the Thetan from the body so that the Thetan remains close to the body, capable of controlling its actions, but not inside of it. 
where it can confuse beingness with mass and the body. In this way, it seeks to ensure the Thetan is unaffected by the trauma of the physical universe while still retaining, retaining full control of the mind and body. You traumatized your Thetan, so now it's going to leave you, but it still controls you. Mine, mine's probably gone. Some gone Scientologists <laughs> claim that they experience exteriorization while auditing, while Westbrook encountered one high-ranking church member who reported being exterior most of the time. I literally just read adulting. So you were traveling outside of your body. Got it. The purpose of Scientology is to free the Thetan from the confines of the physical MEST universe, thus returning it to its original state. This idea of liberating the spiritual self from its physical universe has drawn compar comparisons with Buddhism. And it's sort of like, um, like attaining enlightenment or nirvana or ascension. Like you, you've, you finally reach that highest level of spiritual being. So now you're not a part of your physical being anymore. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most, especially these esoteric religions have mm -hmm. a lot of that. Um, where you're trying to reach like a higher part of yourself. Just not in, like your human form is inferior to the highest spiritual part of yourself that you can, I mean, you know, in theory that all sounds wonderful. Um Although Hubbard's understanding of Buddhism during the 1950s was limited, Scientology literature has presented its teaching as the continuation and fulfillment of the Buddha's ideas. In one publication, Hubbard claimed to be both the... Maitreya? Metayara? Metatreya? The future enlightened being prophesized in some forms of the Mahayana Buddhism and the Antichrist. So you were both. Great. Some Scientologists regarded Hubbard as the Maitreya, Matatreya. The concept of the Thetan has also been observed as being very similar to those promulgated in various mid-20th century UFO religions. Well, we'll get into UFOs later. <laughs> Everyone's like... Da, 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 we'll get into that later. I know everybody's like, what the fuck did she just read? Well, I mean, I'm telling because this is... It's letting people know. I mean, I think all of us... I think every religion, I think a lot of people can argue even things in the Bible. It's like really walked on water, fish, the, the whole bit. But it's this stuff. I'm like, I, what? I love that you just randomly were like fish and I knew exactly what you, you knew. Were we about. all, we all knew. We all know. <laughs> um, yeah, this is just. This is taking a lot of shit made up and applying it to shit that was already here. And then you just kind of mix it up like gumbo and serve it and call it something totally different. Religious soup. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Not good soup. Not good soup. Prior to establishing Scientology, <clears throat> Hubbard formed a system termed Dianetics. And it is from this that Scientology grew. This used to be the weird commercial that would come on in the 90s that looked like a volcano exploding. And it'd be like, Dianetics! And be like, what the fuck? You just unlocked such a <laughs> Do you remember memory. that commercial? It'd be on, like, really late. And you're like, what is this? And then I find out all these years later it was fucking Scientology. They were really trying to push that. My brain's over here, like... As, like, an infomercial. They were really trying to push that on people. And then apparently Northgate Mall hilarious. used to have auditors. Fuck off. That's so funny. I had a friend tell me that years ago. They used to have them like right by the food court. Be like, hey, would you like me reading? Yes. They'd be like, you are very dark. I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> That's my goal. 
Um, my goal. Dianetics presents two major divisions of the mind, the analytical and the reactive. Dianetics claims that the analytical mind is accurate, rational, and logical, representing what Hubbard called a flawless computer. The reactive mind is thought to record, record, record all pain and emotional trauma. Hubbard claimed that the reactive mind stores traumatic experiences in pictorial forms, which he termed engrams. Dianetics holds that even if the traumatic experience is forgotten, the engram remains embedded in the reactive mind. Hubbard maintained that humans develop engrams from as far back as during incubation in the womb, as well as from their past lives. Hubbard taught that these engrams caused people problems ranging from neurosis and physical sickness to insanity. The existence of engrams has never been verified through scientific investigation. No, I can't fucking why. Scientology maintains uh, that the mind holds a timeline of a person's memories called the time track. Each specific memory is a log. You know, while sitting here reading this, my brain's just going, who has the fucking time? He did. To come up with all this shit. But see, a lot of this stuff was stuff that he wrote years prior. He started writing he started writing science fiction in like the early 50s. Yeah. So these these ideas with the Thetans, all of this, he had all of this in his mind 10 to 20 years prior to ever starting yeah. Scientology. It's not like he it had just been came writing, out of nowhere. No, yeah. yeah. He had been writing all of this stuff for a long, long, long time. And he wasn't selling anything. He wasn't making any money until he was like, oh, fuck, I have to pay taxes. How can I get out of paying taxes? I'll start a religion. And all this shit I've made up in my horrible science fiction writings that nobody wants to buy, I'll just put it in a religion and make this shit up. Plus in the 60s, this was also a time where a lot of, you know, this was like counterculture movement. People were looking for a lot of different new age things. And he would hold these sessions in these halls with these e-meters and do these readings and tell people he's getting to their core base and he can cure them of, of past traumas and depression and anxiety. That's another thing that they used to, that they used to, you know, snake oil sell people that this would help any mental illness that you have. This will help cure, you know, if you, you just need to be audited. You just need to get these negative thoughts out of you. That's all you need they to do. Need and, to they'll be be, and they'll be gone. I'm like, no, that's not how that fucking works. That's not how that works at all. And none of these people are, that's the thing too. None of these people, these people that give you these e-readings, these are people just like you. They're not qualified. They don't have any kind of degrees. They don't have... People who have, a lot of people who have been in Scientology their whole lives don't even have high school diplomas. They don't go to regular schools. And they're out here being put in charge just by a vote of, of basically giving mental health help to people going through crises, doing these readings and and a lot of times these audits are total blackmail. I'm sure. They write things down. They keep records of things. They tell other people. They pass things along. Because, of course, anything that's said that could be deemed, deemed you as a suppressive person, automatically that's a notch against you. And that'll get you the fuck out. Note to self. Become a notch. Yes. <sighs> so according to Dianetics, engrams can be deleted through a process termed auditing. Auditing remains the central activity within Scientology and has been described by scholars of religion as Scientology's, Scientology's core ritual, primary ritual activity, and most sacred process. The person being audited is called the preclear, 
The person conducting the procedure is the auditor. Auditing usually involves a question and answer session between an auditor and their client to pre-clear. An electronic device called the Hubbard Electrometer or Electropsychometer, or more commonly the E-meter, is also typically involved. The client holds two metal canisters which are connected via, via a cable to the main box part of the device. This emits a small electrical flow through the client and then back into the box where it is measured on a needle. It thus detects fluctuations in the electrical resistance within the client's body. The auditor operates two dials on the main part of the device. The larger is the tone arm and is used to adjust the voltage, while the smaller sensitivity knob influences the amplitude of the needle's movement. The auditor interprets the needle's movements as it responds when the client is asked and answered questions. The movement of the needle is not visible to the client and the auditor writes down their observations rather than relaying them to the client. Hubbard claimed that the e-meter measures emotional reaction by tiny electrical impulses generated by thought. Scientologists believe that the auditor locates the points of resistance and converts their form into energy, which can be discharged. Sounds like a lie detector machine. The auditor is believed to be able to detect items that the client may not wish to admit or which is concealed below the latter's consciousness. Even though this thing doesn't fucking doesn't do anything. It doesn't. During the auditing process, the auditor is trained to observe the client's emotional state in an accordance with the emotional tone scale. The tone scale stretches from 0, 0.0 making death, marking death. <laughs> so if you're a zero, you're dead. I'd be a zero. Um, to 40, meaning serenity of beingness. The client will be located at different points on the tone scale according to their present emotional state. Scientologists maintain that knowing a person's place on the scale makes it easier to predict his or her actions and assists in bettering his or her condition. Auditing can be an emotional experience for the client with some crying during it. Many ex-Scientologists will believe in the efficacy of Dianetics. Urban reported that most cynical ex-Scientologists I've talked to recount many positive experiences, insights, and realizations achieved through auditing. Scientology doctrine claims through auditing people can solve their problems and free themselves of engrams. It also claims that this restores them to their natural condition as thetans and enables them to be at cause in their daily lives, responding rationally and creatively to life events rather than reacting to them under the direction of stored engrams. Once an area of concern has been identified, the auditor asks the individual specific questions about it to help him or her eliminate the difficulty and uses the e-meter to confirm the change has been dissipated. As the individual progresses up the bridge to total freedom, the focus of auditing moves from simple engrams to engrams of increasing complexity and other difficulties. At the more advanced OT levels operating Thetan, Scientologists act as their own auditors, solo auditors. I feel like I'm reading the plot to a movie. I mean, basically you are. Um, right. So just to get into... Now, it says... This part says complication and cost, even though it doesn't really give you a cost because everything with undertaking a full course of auditing is extremely expensive and prices are not made public. So um, if you go and watch the... Um, Scientology and its aftermath of the Aremini docuseries uh there are she kept like every bit of paperwork even after she left so there are that kind of gives more information as to I guess kind of like updated costs a lot of that stuff with the classes um but this this part gives a little bit of information in 1965 
1965 letter, Hubbard stated that a 25-hour block of auditing should cost the equivalent of three months' pay for the average middle-class working individual. So that was in 1964. <laughs> in 2007, a fee for a 12-and-a-half-hour block of auditing in the church's Tampa organization was $4,000. The church is often criticized for its prices for auditing. Hubbard stated that charging for auditing was necessary because the practice required an exchange. And should the auditor not receive something for their services, it could harm both parties. Just that's the, that's the stupidest thing I've fucking heard in my life. Um, so just to kind of wrap this up as far as because now we're getting into the um going clear, the rundown, the operating feet and levels, and Xenu. In Scientology tastings, removing all engrams from a person's mind transformed them from being pre-clear to a state of clear. Once a person is clear, Scientology teaches <laughs> that they are capable of new levels of spiritual awareness. Clear. You're clear. You're dead. In the 1960s, the church stated that a clear is a holy himself with incredible awareness and power. It claims that a clear will have better health, improving hearing and eyesight, and greatly increased intelligence. Hubbard claimed that clears do not suffer from colds or allergies. Hubbard stated that anyone who becomes clear will have complete recall of everything which has ever happened to him or anything he has ever studied. Individuals who have reached clear have claimed, okay, now keep this in mind with why Tom Cruise does all of his own fucking stunts. They believe that they have superhuman abilities, including seeing through walls, remote viewing, and telepathic communication, although the church discourages them from displaying their powers to anyone other than senior church members. What's the fucking point then? So keep that in mind why Tom Cruise does all of his own stunts. Because he thinks he's a superhero. Hmm. For real. Hubbard claimed that once a person reaches clear, they will remain that way permanently. The church marks the attainment of clear status by giving an individual their own international clear number, which is marked on a silver bracelet and a certificate. Hubbard first began, they give people so many fucking certificates. Again, watch that Scientology aftermath thing. They give you like, like you're in school again. Oh my God. They give you so many fucking certificates. Hubbard first began presenting people that it, while brainwashing and starving you. Um, he first began presenting people that it claimed had reached clear to the public in the 1950s. In 1979, it claimed that 16,849 people had gone clear. And by 2018, claimed that 69,657 people were cleared. In 2019, Westbrook suggested that at least 90% of church members had yet to reach the state of clear. Damn. Meaning that the vast majority remained on the lower half of the bridge. Scientology's aim is to clear the planet and clear all people in the world of their engrams. I'll keep my engrams. Yeah, I'm good. The introspection rundown is a controversial Church of Scientology auditing process that is intended to handle a psychotic episode or a complete mental breakdown. Introspection is defined for the purpose of this rundown as a condition where the person is looking into one's own mind, feelings, and reactions the introspective rundown came under public scrutiny after the death of, death of Lisa McPherson in 1995. Um, so just real quick, um, she was going through this, and this is in 1995, what happened to Lisa McPherson, real quick. She was in a minor car accident. When the paramedics arrived, she began to remove her clothing, and the paramedics decided to take her to the hospital. She told the paramedics that she had taken off her clothes in hopes of obtaining counseling. Hospital staff agreed that she was unharmed, but recommended observation. 
Following intervention by fellow Scientologists, McPherson refused psychiatric observation and admission to the hospital and checked herself out. She was taken to a hotel where she was put under the care of um, staffers known as flag service organizers. She was brought for rest and relaxation. However, sworn statements demonstrate that she was brought there for another introspection rundown. She was basically under isolation and kept under watch for 24 hours. Detailed logs were kept about her. She was basically left alone, but, but watched. Um, she was incoherent, violent. Her nails were cut so she wouldn't scratch herself or staff. She had bruises on her fists and her feet from hitting the wall. Um, she was given a natural drug to help her sleep, but it did note that it looked like she had measles or chicken pox on her face. She refused food and protein shakes. From November 26th and 30th to December 3rd to the 4th, staff attempted to force feed her, but she spat the food out. Um, by, by December 5th of 95, staffers contacted a Scientologist medical doctor who prescribed her twice um, with Valium without examining her. Um, he refused to give her an antibiotic uh, when it looked like she had an infection. Um, object to taking her to a hospital out of fear that she would be put under psychiatric care and basically tell what they had been fucking doing to her. Um, a person who was assigned to care, another senior medical officer at the hotel that was assigned for her care um, said that she had labored breathing and was gasping. They passed a total of four hospitals along the way before they got to a hospital 45 minutes outside of Clearwater, Florida. Um, she could not be resuscitated and she was declared dead 20 minutes later. It was ultimately found out that she had meningitis and died of a blood clot. Um, so yeah, this woman was basically tortured before they murdered her. So that's how they handle when people have a psychiatric breakdown. And that's not the first time they've done something like that. So, um, the degrees above the level, just when you start thinking that, oh, maybe some of this stuff is kind of cool and it might be helping me. Like, just keep in mind what they really do to people, especially if you have any mental health things. They basically blame that on you. Any traumas that you've had, anything, they think that's all bullshit. They blame that on you. They say that's part of your past life and your past trauma. And they just lock you in a room. And the more of these audits they do, they'll free you from all of that. It's, it's, it's all bullshit. It's literally all bullshit. That's why when people were like backing Tom Cruise on his stance about mental health and like people shouldn't take medications. It's like, stop it. Anything that he says is coming from Scientology and everything that Scientology believes as far as mental health is so harmful. We don't have enough time to even talk about that. Okay. It is, mm -hmm. it is incredibly, it's incredibly detrimental to, to people that have mental health issues, especially if they have very deep seated traumas. This religion will not help you. Will not help you. It will kill you. Um, so real quick to get into the OT levels, degrees above the level of clear are called operating thetans or OT. Hubbard described that there were 15 OT levels, although he had only completed eight during his lifetime, apparently. Nine through 15 have apparently never been reached by any Scientologist. In 1988, the Scientology organization stated that OT levels nine and 10 would only be released when certain bench remarks and its expansion had been achieved. The Church of Scientology has gone to considerable lengths to try to maintain the secrecy of these texts, but they remain widely available on the internet. Again, it's because people leave and they fucking tell. Um, there was also a lot leaked. Uh, thank God, WikiLeaks. 
WikiLeaks released a lot of their a lot of their shit. Um, also, when they were sued. To gain OT levels of training, a church member must go to one of the advanced organizations or org, which is based in L.A., Clearwater, East Grinstead, Copenhagen, Sydney, and Johannesburg. Conservative estimates indicate that getting to OT8 would require a minimum payment to Scientology of three hundred fifty dollars to $400,000. Mm, so you have to pay to do it. Of course. OT levels 6 and 7 are only... And if they, if you are like deep in it and they give you a job, quote unquote, you're paid such a small stipend, it's basically slave wage and any money you make is just going right back to the church. You basically owe the church money for the rest of your life. OT level six and seven are only available at Clearwater. The highest level OT eight is disc is disclosed only at sea on the Scientology ship Free Winds, operated by the flagship service org. Scholar of religion Alida Thomas suggested that the status of a person's level creates an internal class system within the church. It does. The church claims that the material taught in the OT levels can only be comprehended once its previous material has been mastered and is therefore kept confidential until a person reaches the requisite level. Higher level church members typically refuse to talk about the contents of these OT levels. Those progressing through the levels are taught additional, more advanced auditing techniques. One of the techniques taught is a method of auditing oneself, which is necessary for reaching OT level seven. So reflecting a strong science fiction theme within its theology, Scientology's teachings make reference to a space opera, a term denoting events in the distant past in which spaceships, spacemen, and intergalactic travel all feature. This incorporates what the scholar of religion Mikhail Rothstein referred to as the Xenu myth. As now we're getting into it. A story concerning humanity's origins on Earth. This myth was something that Rothstein described as being the basic mythology of the movement. L. Ron Hubbard wrote that there was a great catastrophe that took place 75 million years ago. He referred to this as Incident 2, one of the seven one of the several universal incidences that hindered the Thetan's ability to remember its origins. According to this story, 75 million years ago, there was a galactic federation of 76 planets ruled over by a leader called Xenu. The federation, I, this is what I watched on South Park. The federation was overpopulated and to deal with this problem, Xenu transported large numbers of people to the planet Tigagak, which is Earth. He then detonated hydrogen bombs inside volcanoes that's why they were volcanoes in those Dianetic commercials. To exterminate this surplus population, the Thetans of those killed were then packaged by which Hubbard meant that they were clustered together. Implants were inserted into them and they were designed to kill anybody that these Thetans would subsequently inhabit should they recall the event of their destruction. After the Earth Massacre, several of the officers in Xenu's service rebelled against him, ultimately capturing and imprisoning him. According to OT documents discussing Incident 2, the bodies of those Xenu placed on Earth were destroyed, but their inner Thetans survived and continued to carry the trauma of this event. Scientology maintains that some of these traumatized Thetans, which lacked bodies of their own, became body Thetans, clustering around living people and negatively impacting them. Many of the advanced auditing techniques taught to Scientologists focus on dealing with these body Thetans, awakening them from their amnesia from 75 million years ago, uh, um, as they experience it, allowing them to detach from their bodies and cluster around. Once free, they are capable of either being born into bodies of their choosing or remain detached from any physical form. Hubbard claimed to have discovered the Xenu myth in December of 1967, having taken the plunge deep into his time track. 
He commented that he was probably the only one ever to do so in 75 million years. Scientology teaches that attempting to recover this information from the time track typically results in an individual's death caused by the presence of Xenu implants, and that because of Hubbard's technology, this death can be avoided. As the church argues that learning the Xenu myth can be harmful for those unprepared for it, it's because once you've realized you've spent all of your fucking life savings and this is what they're, this is, this is what, th- th- this is, this is clear fucking alien shit. The documents of discussing Xenu were restricted for those church members who had reached the OT3 level known as the Wall of Fire. Those OT3 teachings about Xenu were later leaked by ex-members becoming a matter of public record after being submitted as evidence in court cases. They are now widely available online. The church claims that the leaked documents have been distorted and that the OT level texts are only religiously meaningful in the context of the OT courses which they are provided, thus being incomprehensible to outsiders. Church members who have reached the OT3 level routinely deny these teachings exist. Hubbard, however, talked about Xenu on several occasions. The Xenu story bears similarities with some of his science fiction stories. He, like I said, um, Rothstein noted that substantial themes from Xenu are um, detected in Hubbard's book, Scientology, A History of Man. Actually, a lot of his books, so there's a lot of his original history that has been destroyed. A lot of his original stories were destroyed. Um, existence of his first wife, his son that completely disowned him. There was a lot, just to literally rewrite his own history to make him look like this god when in reality everything was a lie everything that he ever did was based upon a lie critics of scientology regularly employ reference to xenu to mock the movement believing that the story will be regarded as absurd by outsiders and thus prove detrimental to scientology guess what it already has i think at this point everything that else that they found out about scientology i think xenu people outside of it could literally care less everything else horrible that you guys do forced abortions mm-hmm. ignoring pedophiles rapes the, all this the other xenu stuff. thing like, is just the icing on the cake literally out of everything we're else. like that's that's out not even really the everything else <laughs> like people could literally like they could literally care less Okay, so now we're going to get into, because this is kind of the, this is kind of the big part. Um, Just real quick, to give a rundown of notable Scientology celebrities. So, um, that was, celebrity importance in Scientology was something that L. Ron Hubbard uh, prefaced years ago. Um, apparently going back to at least 1955 when he created the Project Celebrity that offered um, rewards to Scientologists who recruited celebrities. And um, the Scientology Celebrity Center is like this big, huge chateau in Hollywood. And that's like anybody who's anybody is is there. Um, si- silent film star Gloria Swanson was a Scientologist. Um, Sorry, that was Dave Brubeck was a Scientologist. That makes me sad because I didn't know that. Um, I'm a fan of jazz, so that kind of makes me sad. I didn't know Dave Brubeck was a Scientologist. Um, So if you, if you want to, if you click on Scientology celebrities, um, this, Right there. Oh, okay. 
if you want to read that part, the coordinated effort. Okay. Sorry, guys. There's just so much fucking information on this that we're trying to the main cover the main cover. Yeah, is, yeah. The the Thetans, the Xenu, all of that. The auditing, like that, was a big part I wanted to cover because I think that's kind of central to what a lot of people know. But also to preface, just like. You know, some of that can sound inviting, but the detriment that it has happened, especially in the Lisa McPherson case, and um, also just really getting into the tax stuff, that the ultimate the ultimate reason why L. Ron Hubbard wanted to start this was to avoid taxes and to get celebrities in. So this is where we get more into the celebrity part Which of is it. wild to me. So the Church of Scientology operates special celebrity centers. The Scientology policy governs the celebrity centers, which the main one is in Los Angeles, and there are others in Paris, Nashville, and elsewhere stating that one of the major purposes of the Celebrity Center and its staff is to expand the number of celebrities in Scientology. Scientology Flag Order 2310. 2319! Um, another, another order describes Celebrity Center's public clearing division and its goal broad public into Scientology from celebrity decimation. Sorry, dissemination. This division has departments for planning celebrity events and routing the general public into Scientology services as a result of celebrity involvement, which makes a lot of sense because they're basically like, if celebrities are doing it, people want to do it too. Yeah, they're able to spread the word more if they can see that, oh, a celebrity benefited from this. And they seem And see, I'm over here like every time I found out a celebrity was a Scientologist, I was really sad. Also, you should know that Scientologists are, um, they are anti-abortion. They are anti-LGBTQ rights. Uh, there is a really famous director that was one of the first people to speak up against it because he left because they voted against the proposition in California originally, and his daughter is gay. Um, so that's why he decided to leave. So he was one of the first people to speak up him. about that. Um, yeah, they're they're not what they... No. Yeah, so... Celebrities are a very special people and have a very distinct line of dissemination. They have communi communication lines that others do not have and mean many medias to get their dissemin dissemination through. Hubie Irvin, a professor of religious studies in the Department of Comparative Studies at Ohio State University, represent, said about Scientology's appeal to celebrities in an interview for in an interview. But I think the reason that celebrities would be interested is because it's a religion that fits pretty well with a celebrity kind of personality. It's very individualistic. It celebrates your individual identity as ultimately divine, claims to give you ultimate power over your mind, self, and destiny. So I think it fits very well with an actor personality. And then with the wealth question, these aren't people who need more wealth, but what they do need or often want at least is some kind of spiritual validation for their wealth and lifestyle. Scientology is a religion that says it's okay to be wealthy, okay to be famous. In fact, that's a sign of your spiritual development. So it kind of is a spiritual validation for that kind of lifestyle. Journalistic and media sources claim that Scientology is the Church of the Stars or a star-studded sect, although there are likely more Hollywood celebrities and other religious traditions. One reason for this is the church's celebrity centers, which is unique to the religion. Most members in these facilities are not celebrities, however. A lot of a lot of members are part of the entertainment industry. You know, you got to think to yourself that it has to take a little bit, a little bit of a narcissistic tendency to become an actor. There just has to be like a like a tad bit of self centeredness, not not full narcissistic narcissism, but just at least a little bit of a of a trait of of uh, 
of self-centeredness. But what's cool? What's to funny, be an though? actor and to like want yourself to be like. So I I think that's the I, to that makes perfect sense. What Hugh Urban said is that it's a very individualistic religion. You know, their their whole thing is telling you how special and how wonderful and how great you are and how meaningful you are to the world and how you know we can we can cure you and make you clear and once you're clear you you are superhuman you have these strengths and abilities to help the world to think about filling that in the mind of an actor of somebody that already wants to do something that's putting them out to the world that's that's i need an audience i need people to gather around me i need approval i need validation i need all of these things and and you have a religion now that's giving you that too i mean and it's kind of funny because think I think of how easy that speaks to celebrities. I love how when some people get into and they protect you the world of acting, and then they get huge, like they blow up, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh fuck, I didn't realize this was going to be like this," and then they retract for like years, and you well, don't Tom, see them Tom for Holland's a long doing time. That right now. Jennifer Lawrence thank has been God getting he's that. young. You know, thank God a lot of these actors. Are she was like, young. I had no idea what was coming when I accepted the role of the Hunger Games. Well, and, and I think you know Tom Holland too. And I, you know, I I think about him, and I think about how young he is, and I think about how you know just he had been acting since he was a kid, but his celebrity blew seemed to just blow up overnight. And if you want any semblance of a private life. Mm-hmm. Of, of anything you you just you can't have that and I think it's very unfair for people to say well they should have known what they were signing up for I don't I think that's a very unfair thing to I say. think people need to calm the fuck down and stop being up celebrities assholes these aren't gods they're people and you're idolizing them they fart burp eat yeah. shit I don't think it's funny because it's a lot of people like Sarah Muslims Christian and it's like, isn't that like idolatry? Isn't that like the whole thing you're not supposed to do? And they literally idolize celebrities. They hold celebrities as idols. So when one of them fucks up or does something horrible or I don't know, rapes somebody, um, it's like, oh my God, what? You don't know them. Danny Masterson isn't Hyde. You don't know who the fuck he is. You don't know him. We don't know any of them. You don't know any of these people. You don't know these people. If you like... You know, I hear people say a lot of shit about Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't give a fuck. I don't know who Leonardo DiCaprio is. I'm not trying to fuck him. Just keep making good movies and don't do anything fucking stupid and shut up. <laughs> like, just keep making good and movies, goddammit. Like, I don't see, give a fuck. I, I literally don't this, care about celebrity pro- This is fuck. Like, literally I the best care. thing ever is, and I know I'm saying this because I'm biased, so just don't come at me. Florence Pugh and how she handled the drama of Don't Worry, Darling. Listen. If celebrities could be like that, like she literally showed up to the premiere, didn't say shit about it, and left immediately as the movie was over. She did not even stay. She well, left because she was well. First of all, she had to come because she was contractually ob- obligated. Exactly, They're contractually obligated. They but what I'm saying that. is, I love the fact that she's like, I don't want to. But here's this. the point: Why? Why would like, she? Why would right. she say anything? Right. Why would she say anything? But that's what I'm saying. Like. You have people like that who's actually showing that they're mature. Nobody said Chris and Pine have, didn't say anything. There Chris were, Pine, I don't even think, knew fully what was going on. He seemed very like, the hell is I'm happening. too old for this. He's like, I'm just I'm here. way too old I for this. I don't know what's happening. What? But Why? my point is in saying, like, you can't 
there's so much going on behind the scenes of everything. Yes. You can't take everything at face value. And to be somebody like her or somebody else that's just like, I'm here to do my job and I'm here to talk about my job, but I'm not getting involved in this other fucking bullshit is very rare in that world. And it's nice to see. I actually had a different point than that and I don't remember what it was, but that's fine because my brain's on not here right now. But my thing is, is I, when I was younger, and I think we all can say this, when we were all younger, we all idolized celebrities. We all looked up to them as... I don't think you know any better when you're a kid. You don't. You see the role that they play and you idolize that role. And because that specific per- person played that role, that's how you identify them. Because you don't know who they are. You don't, you don't know this person. I think what really helped me was Horror Hound. Yeah. And actually meeting. Going to conventions. So many people. Yeah. And even like big names and being like, holy shit. It's like it hits you. You're like, oh my God, they're literally people. They're just people. Yeah, I think once you have either positive or negative experiences with an actor or anybody, just then it's when you have to tell yourself like, oh, this is just a person. Like I, you, you have to separate that. You don't, you don't know these people. You have no idea who these people are. Although Lady Gaga can do no wrong, but anyway, like, so we listen. can <laughs> uh, listen. So it's Paul, Paul Haggis is the director I was trying to think of. He directed the Oscar-winning films Million Dollar Baby and Crash. Sure, pretty much everybody knows that. But um, Paul Haggis was one of the people that ultimately that that and that was the biggest reason why he left. Um, was his they they voted against the proposition in California. Scientologists overwhelmingly were told to vote against it. And he's like, hey, wait a minute, my daughter's lesbian. Um, fuck no. Like Good for him. I'm out. Good for listen, him. oh yeah. I thought, um, sir, you made me an even bigger fan of yours. Like I was already a fan of your films. Now I'm yeah, now I'm just a fan I'm starting of you to get, as a person. That's I'm starting awesome. to get to the point in my life now where the celebrities that I kind of look up to as inspiration or look up to as good people are the ones that literally do things like that. They make good choices for humanity. They show that they actually care about people and their actions back it up. And it, that's that's and it's still not idolizing them. You're just like, yeah, that's a really cool thing. That's a really cool thing to do. That's a good person. And they stand for something outside of themselves. And exactly. Not afraid to. Um, so just real quick. So Paul Paul Haggis is amongst a. I thought you said a monk. Um, amongst <laughs> Haggis monk. Uh, Paul Haggis is is amongst several um, celebrities who ultimately left Scientology. Uh, Jason Beggy is an actor. Uh, more currently, he's on Chicago PD. I just recently watched that show and I'm kind of addicted. Um, he left William S. Burrow II, who was a writer. Um, he left Katie Holmes, of course. We famously know why she left. The actor Jason Lee, he left. Juliette Lewis left. Laura Prepon left. Lisa Marie Presley left. Her mother apparently is still a Scientologist and Priscilla Presley was a Scientologist for a long time. I kind of jumped down a rabbit hole with that on TikTok. Um, Leah Remini, of course, famously, and um, the actor Jeffrey Tambor. Um, But people who are currently still Scientologists, as far as we know, Kirstie Alley, Ann Archer, Catherine Bell. Wait, isn't Kirstie Alley... Oh, she passed away. I was like, some of these people have died. I don't mean to say it some of these people rude. on this. Some of these people on this list have died. Isaac Hayes has passed away, but he was a Scientologist. That's actually why he left South Park. 
That's why he left as chef. He was pissed at that South Park episode and he left because wow. he's a Scientologist. Um, so yeah, a couple of these, Isaac Hayes, Kirstie Alley, they've passed away, but they were Scientologists. Um, Ann Archer, Catherine Bell, Nancy Cartwright, Erica Christensen, Tom Cruise, of course, Jenna Elfman, D uh, the rapper Doug E. Fresh, uh, Vivian Kubrick, which is Stanley Kubrick's daughter. Um, like I said, all the Mastersons. Sorry. Uh, Elizabeth Moss. Michael Pena, this one, that one. Elizabeth Moss me hurts up. me. It still does. Michael Pena, that one kind of hurt me. Yeah. Like, and she's on freaking Handmaid's Tale. That's still not making any sense to me. Like, Alex, bitch, what? Alex said that she was like... The call is coming from inside the house, honey. She's like, how can you be literally the main character in this movie, in this show, and be a... You're in a cult. No, it makes no sense. On a show. About a cult. About a cult. Honey. Religious cult. Again, the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> Elizabeth, sweetheart. Um, Giovanni Ribisi and his sister, Marisa Ribisi, their whole family apparently going way back has been, they're like upper echelon Scientologists. Um, John Travolta and the uh, Fox News commentator, Grena Von Susterson. I actually did not know that. Um, but yeah. Yep. Um, and then just really quickly, isn't Tom Cruise still a Scientologist? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I told I you he's so. a superhero. He thinks he's a superhero. I mean, That's why he right. does his own stunts because he can. Because he's he's fine. He's a superhero. One of these he days, he's gonna he has superhuman he's powers. He has all. He is he is clear. <coughs> so he's okay. No, he's not. Um, I don't understand people's obsession with him. But anyway, go on. He is a great actor. So that's where my dichotomy comes from. Because I, I'm I'm 39 years old. I grew up with Tom Cruise. I'm a fan of Top Gun. I still haven't seen the new one yet. I and I know they're gay. Nobody cares. Who's gay? Top Gun. We know they're gay. Because oh. there's been all this subtext like, well, you know the guys and it's basically around there. Like, we know, we know, we know. We we know. Why do we care? We know Top Gun's gay. Everybody's like, Top Gun Maverick's kind of gay. We know. We know it's gay. Guess what? So we know. Nobody I. Cares. Shit. Nobody cares. Same. Nobody cares. <laughs> anyway, like, literally, I just... Born on the 4th of July is a phenomenal... Listen, I watch Minority Report at least twice a year. I don't give a fuck. I love that movie. I love that movie. I love that movie so much. That movie is a... That movie is so good. It's flawless. I love that movie. That's the dichotomy. I love the Mission Impossible movies. I haven't seen, like, the last... Four, they need to stop making them. But that's where it's because he he's so good. He's such a good. It's very actor. possible to like he's somebody so for their good. job, but not like them as a person. There's I'm a John so Travolta. Many, John Travolta. There's you somebody somebody fucking, you grew up with. There's so many singers. I love their music, but fuck them. It's yeah. just you got to separate the person from the job. But just real quick. Um, just so we're all on the same page, uh, it was September of this year that Danny Masterson was sentenced to 30 years to life in prison. So, bye-bye. He's going to be in there for a while. Um, well, that kind of sucks. Like, um, Because, I mean, it, it, it sucks, but it doesn't because of the, the situation definitely could have been stopped. It's just sad. The whole thing it's, is just it, sad. The Scientology protected it. They protected him. Yeah. I honestly don't he think had a I Scientology, he was a Scientologist. He had a Scientology lawyer. He had a oh, I didn't I didn't find this out until uh I found out that Laura Prepon was a Scientologist. She has since left. 
But then it came out that he was. And then I was like, well, then the whole fucking family has to be in, yeah. Yeah. And what's crazy is Danny and Christopher have a different father than Alana and her brother do. But Alana and her brother don't speak to their biological father because he left. So they took on Danny and Christopher's father's last name. So they're not even truly Mastersons. It's just that they stayed Scientologists. That's why That's why Alana doesn't look like Christopher and Danny. She doesn't look like them. No. Um, so just to give some, just to give people some, um, if, if there's some things that you want to watch, obviously we weren't able to touch on everything, but there were a lot of really crucial things that we wanted to touch on. We wanted to talk about Xenu. We wanted to talk about the Thetans. We wanted to talk about the auditing. We wanted to talk about the IRS, um, more of L. Ron Hubbard's uh, history, Dianetics, all the, all the science fiction stuff. And just basically give you guys the basis in knowing that there's so much of this that has been manipulated. If you go, even if you go on Scientology's website, if you talk to a Scientologist and they're going to tell you, well, do your research. But then when they tell you to do your research, they send you to Scientology.org which is all a bunch of bullshit and everything about them negative has been wiped clean. Everything about L. Ron Hubbard's actual history has been completely wiped clean. His, his military record was bullshit. It's, it's all a lie. Every single bit of it is a lie to make him out to be this great leader who really just wanted to get out of paying taxes and be buddy, buddy with celebrities as the whole reason. And he was a failed science fiction writer. That's the only reason why he started Scientology. This wasn't for some greater good. It wasn't to help people. It was to manipulate people. It was to tear families apart. It was to get out of paying taxes. And listen, fuck the IRS. I don't like paying taxes either. But dude, come on, really? Like, yo, like, wh what? Um, so in case anybody wants to watch any, so to do any further, um, if there's further watching, if you're if you're a documentary watcher like me, if you're if you're a fan movie fan like me, um, Alex Gibney, who is an incredible, one of the greatest American documentary documentary film directors of our time, this guy is uh, amazing. He's amazing. I I love I love all of his stuff, but um, he directed Going Clear Scientology. Hollywood and the Prison of Belief. I'm sorry. Yeah. So that documentary is currently, it should be on Max. It was an HBO produced documentary that was based on Lawrence Wright's book. Um, so that is a great one to, to watch. Um, again, uh, find Scientology and its aftermath. Uh, find that streaming wherever you can. Um, that was all done by Leah Remini and, um, Mike Render, who, again, like I said, was a high-ranking member in Scientology, and uh, they go um, deep into everything. I mean, from from the start, uh, just from uh, Leah Remini's time in it and growing up in it, uh, Mike Render's time in it, they interview several people that have left. They go over everything that that they've been through, the abuses that they've that they've gone through. Um, literally, uh, David Miscavige has abused members. Um, again, if you go into uh, Shelley Miscavige, like his wife 
His wife is literally missing. People do not, nobody knows where she is. Um, Leah Remini even tried to file a missing persons report and tried to get any information that she could from, uh, from the police and they wouldn't do anything. They said that uh, they, they supposedly met with her and said that she was okay and that was just supposed to be <laughs> that was just supposed to be the end of it and nobody else followed up so we have no idea where Shelly Miscavige is we don't even know if she's still alive um yeah we don't have a clue so um again they can just make people disappear um without any provocation they have their hands in everything they have their hands in real estate they have their hands in police departments they have their hands they have so many lawyers it's it's unreal um so it was south park's episode trapped in the closet if anybody wants to laugh your ass off and see some pretty great animations about xenu and uh the galactic battle that took place 75 billion years ago um yeah, this is a clip from it. So literally at the bottom, it says this is what Scientologists That's actually hilarious. believe. And it, that, that flashed through the entire segment. I, I highly, if you guys did not grow up watching that, please watch it. Not only is it a hilarious episode, just just period, but the whole Scientology stuff, it's, it's hilarious. It's amazing. Um, again, Louis Thoreau in 2015... This was streaming on Tubi for the longest time. I don't know if it still is. It might be back on Amazon Prime. This was kind of more of a comedic take on it, but I really, uh, my Scientology movie, watch that. Um, Going Clear should be on Max. Uh, Leah Remini's Scientology and the Aftermath. Um, that was an A&E uh, produced show for three years. Um, I'm not sure if it's, so it might be on A&E streaming if you have it. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson's the movie, The Master, the 2012 movie, The Master with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix has been noted to be extremely similar to Scientology. I've not seen the movie yet, but I do have that on my list. Um, but yeah, if anybody just wants to get, I, I would say the best one by far, far would be watching going clear and then watching uh leah remini's scientology in the aftermath i i if you can get through every episode of every season and even the after specials i urge i urge people to find it and watch it leah remini has been one of the biggest advocates and not only exposing scientology but going out of her way to not only help anybody that she can that has left to give them a platform, to help them financially, to help them mentally, spiritually, everything. Because, you know, it, it's like, it's like leaving any cult. There's a, there's a deprogram that happens. And again, if, if you were in it your entire life, you've left everything. Mike Render, for instance, is remarried. He has an amazing wife. He has two young children, I think, believe two children. But he also has an ex-wife and older children that want nothing to do with him. He, he has grandchildren, I believe, um, that he will never see. They tear families apart. If you leave, they'll never speak to you again. Parents that have died, they're not even allowed to go to the funeral because their parents won't speak to them again because they left. They have 
publicly stated that the act of disconnection is no longer a thing. That is an absolute lie. Anything that they announce to the public is just like what you would see in mainstream media. You better take it with a grain of salt. Because if you don't know where that source is coming from, nine times out of ten, they're lying to you. And there are many, many people to this day that will shout it from the rooftops that I took that I have family, friends, parents, kids, grandparents, sisters, brothers that refuse to have anything to do with me and will not speak to me. Um, again, if you you don't go to high school, you don't go, you don't get a formal education. So there are people that leave that are full grown adults that have to go back to school and get their GEDs because they don't even have a high school diploma. Um, any job that you have, if you're an adult, is a Scientology based job. You are literally paid maybe two, five dollars an hour, literally slave wages. Um, and the rest of your money goes to the organization. You leave with nothing. You don't have an ID. You don't have um you have nothing. <coughs> I mean, I, I that's why I said I really think the I really truly think the the Leah Remini one is the best one to watch because you're really you're 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 getting a visual, you're seeing with your own eyes and hearing from people who went through it. They're giving you their truth. They're speaking their truth to you. You get to look them in the eyes and hear every horror story of what these people had to go through. The manipulation, the abuse, women that were raped, women that developed relationships but were forced to have abortions because they weren't married yet and it wasn't sanctioned, people who had to escape, people who walked away with nothing, they had to start their lives all over again. It is manipulative, is divisive, it is dangerous. They will make people disappear. They will blackmail you. They will follow you. I truly believe they've killed people. I believe they have people um, locked away to this day. I, I don't think Shelly Miscavige is still alive. Uh, David Miscavige has disowned his own father. Um, his father has written a book. Leah Remini interviewed him. He did an amazing interview with Joe Rogan where he talks about it. Um, this is a very dangerous cult that has been allowed to operate for too long and it needs to be stopped. And I urge anybody to just educate yourself. This is so dangerous. We have talked about so many insane cults on this podcast. Ones that you wouldn't even believe would be true. That anthill kids went through me for a fucking loop. Um, there's that so still many, sits with me. <laughs> there's so many out there that are so bizarre and outrageous, but this one is by far one of the most insidious because it has masked as a religion for years. It literally has tax exempt status. People still believe. People still believe. People still go. People still aspire to it. There's celebrities that still now there's some now all of a sudden celebrities don't talk about it as much as they used to. Um probably because so and many if they're have asked come out if they're it. asked about it in interviews, they kind of you know, don't really talk about it, but, um, you know, if there's people that, that gained something from it and there were some things that may have helped them, that's wonderful. But ultimately at the heart and core of Scientology, it is a cult <coughs> and it is a dangerous cult. And David Miscavige is a dangerous person. And, um, I urge anybody that's a part of it to get out. And if you know anyone that's still in it and, and you're trying to get them out, um, I, I wouldn't give up. 
If it was my family, I, I wouldn't. I, I would do everything. Introduce them to our Lord and Savior, Lady Gaga. <laughs> Listen. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, I, I, you know, I wanted to just give some information out there and some, and some resources. If there were other people, if there were other, uh, you know, places you guys were wanting to get more information, but, um, that's all we have tonight. Uh, I hope we did it justice and kind of gave you as much of a rundown as we could. I think there's just a <laughs> lot of myths behind it. And I think that there's some things that people think they know, but we really wanted to dive into what ex-members have actually said. And uh, I'm sorry if some people kind of went brain numbed, mind melded when we were getting into all the feet and stuff. But that was the whole point because I wanted to read that and I wanted to read it in the most like, like to sound like a completely sane person, but then after you hear it, you're like, what the fuck was that? But that's what these people dedicate their lives to. Their whole lives to this. And after listening to an Christians. hour, you guys are like, what the fuck? But again, too, this is the other reason. That's the other reason. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We can walk a fine line with talking about certain religions, but this one. Um, you know, cause that we could, we could have that argue, we could argue that all day long about how majority of all organized religions are, are pretty culty in and of, in and of themselves. But this one, this one's definitely a cult. This one is the cartel of religions. It is. It is. It really is. Like you, you start here and then you work your way down and you look into the other ones and you go, Oh yeah. Like. Catholicism, basically Christianity as a whole, looks like My Little Pony compared to this one. It's it's like the cartel of religions because as much as Christianity is in your face and it kind of sucks, they're not out there fucking killing people because they turn away from their religion that I know of. Yeah, you can... People can ultimately walk away. There's not... I walked away from the Baptist religion without them coming after me or sending people after me or them making my life a living hell. And I know Catholics used to do... Used to... The the disconnection thing. I don't think that's as much of a thing. Uh, Excommunication? Yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses do that. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll probably talk about them at some point. You want to... That's another... Cult! Definitely. Um, Speaking of which, we had them stop by our house last week and we were gone. Thank God. We were not there. Because I was like, what are these ladies doing on I our have porch? And of, I was like, I know. I, I have. An, I used to. I grew up across the street from Jehovah's Witnesses. So I have stories for days. Um, I've been inside of one of their temples. It's interesting. It's pretty interesting. Um, you know, at the heart of all of them is just their belief system and trying to manipulate and brainwash other people into their belief system and give us your money and we'll save your soul. Not really. Anyway. Um, so (laughs) that was tonight's episode guys. I know that was a lot, but I'm really glad we got to talk about it. Um, and, uh, I hated that towards the end, it turned into a big promo for Leah Remini, but man, I'm telling you, she's been the biggest celebrity to leave and really champion, champion the fuck out of, taking them down and i just love her her passion i'm just very happy for her too yeah where she is now she seems much happier she's happy her family is happy place. she's in a better place in life like for sure and see this is what i'm talking about with celebrities like you can look at them and be like hey 
I'm really happy for you. I'm glad that, you know, there's still people, but there's plenty of celebrities that are really good people. So, and especially <clears throat> ones that can overcome, you know, abuse, trauma, drugs, whatever, like, hell yeah, you know, that, that, that to me shows even more of a vulnerability that like, hey, you are literally just like everybody else. This just happens to be your job. So, and some of them are like, I didn't want this to be my job. I just love acting. I just want privacy. Well, I wanted this as my job, but I didn't want this right. bullshit that came with it. It's definitely not. People don't deserve to be harassed. And it's like I told Alex. I was like, I could literally run into my favorite that. celebrities on the street. And if they're not, if they're clearly with family or dinner or doing something, I'm not going to bother them. I would be like, never. Oh, oh look, my God. So -so. Cool. If I saw them on. like eating with their family or so, I would, I would literally never. And then I get I so aggravated never. when people are like, they were so mean to me. They wouldn't take a picture. They're trying to live their life. Let them do it. They were in the bathroom. Did I ever tell you funny story really quick? Did I ever tell you about the time when they were doing a big promo for uh, Mockingjay at a mall? And this is when Jennifer had cut her hair and nobody knew about it yet. And she was in the bathroom and these two girls were in the bathroom and they were like talking about her. You told me about this. And then she was like, oh my God, right? Like, that's so crazy. And they were like, yeah, they didn't even recognize her. And she walked out and walked up on stage and they both were like, what the fuck? And I'm like, she cut her hair. She didn't get a new face. <laughs> it's like the whole Hannah Montana double life thing. It's literally just different color hair, but okay. Same voice, same face, same Clark everything. Clark Kent just had on glasses. He just had on glasses. Glasses. <laughs> anyway. So, um, Glasses. I'm sorry. <laughs> literally glasses. Literally different oh colored hair. God. Literally a haircut. I don't, I'm like, I don't know. <gasps> anyway, so, um. Next week, we are doing another movie and real life. Uh, Except instead place. of it being a place, we're doing the person. It's a person. Um, and the main reason why we decided to do this one to kind of switch it up is that uh, Casper just recently watched The Pope's Exorcist. If you guys have not gotten a chance to watch it on Exorcist, Jesus Christ. Netflix. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> this is where I'm done. Now I'm done. Like, watch The Netflix. Exorcist on The Exorcist. Streaming watch, on the, the Watch Exorcist. The Exorcist on The Exorcist. Streaming on The Exorcist. Make sure to have an exorcism on your own. No! <laughs> Netflix. Um, it's really good if you guys haven't seen it. Um, I it watched is. it, like, not long after it came out, and I loved it. I thought it was so well done. Russell Crowe is amazing. The acting is amazing. Um, the, speaking of churches, the jabs at the I told you some of the jabs at the Catholic Church were like, Ooh. I think that's like, why I secretly say? really like it. I know, that's why. That's why I also, it. I have to say this just because when it happened, when they found out the demon's name. Ooh, right? I went, right? I could not stop Girl. fucking laughing. Me and Alex were I looked at my so cat. Hard. Me, me and my husband were watching. It. Asmodeus. And we were both. We both. us Lucifer. <laughs> oh, we both. Alex was like, I was like, I can't even get past. Oh, it. we couldn't either. We couldn't either. I was like, fucking 
Instagram and TikTok. God damn it. Immediately looked at my cat. Asmodeus. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was like, this is supposed to be the climax of the movie. And we're fucking They're like, we dying. know his name. And I'm like, Asmodeus. <laughs> Finally, when I gathered my composure there, I was like, okay, literally, Asmodeus is like one of the up there, up there big boys. So oh, like, yeah, really bad. You're like, you're really dealing bad. with like Satan's right hand. Like, you're not, you're done. <laughs> you're done. So we are going to talk about the movie and also the inspiration, um, the real life father, Gabriel Amorth, um, who, uh, so there was William... Blatty did a or no the guy that uh because he just passed away I mix up the names the original director of The Exorcist um <coughs> the first the original movie yeah yeah uh okay William Friedkin was the director William Blatty is the person who wrote the book that's where I get screwed up so William Friedkin uh before he passed away this was years ago he directed a documentary about um, Father Amorth, and I tried to watch it on Netflix, and it scared the ever-loving shit out of me because at the end of it, they actually filmed Father Amorth performing an actual exorcism. Wasn't it and the exorcism that was supposedly the real story behind the actual exorcist film? No. It no, wasn't? No, okay. No, because no, I was a boy. It was a boy. Yeah. But I didn't know if that's what they were, they had filmed was the... No, this was, this was modern. Mm. This wasn't old footage. This was right before Father Amorth died. This is a woman that he had been I'm not performing. watching that documentary. Do so. not. I turned it off halfway through. It uh -uh. scared the a no, absolute you. shit out of me. No, the, um, Father Amorth had nothing to do with the boy in the original story. I didn't think story. so. It was, a, it was two Jesuit priests, and that happened in the 1940s. I thought so. I was like... Yeah, he had nothing to do with that. No. Um, he was literally the Pope's right-hand man. Like, he was the Pope's... Uh, Listen, that motherfucker is literally going to the Pope and being like... He's like, you take that up with my boss. So, yes, it was in 2017 that Friedkin directed the documentary The Devil and Father Amorth about the ninth exorcism of a woman in an Italian village. And they filmed it. They filmed it. Um, yeah. I didn't get through it. I'm not going to watch it again. I'm not going to turn it on. Um, I, You know what? But I have the utmost, utmost respect for Father Amorth. God rest his soul. That man, um, you know, we believe in demonology, first and foremost. Uh, <laughs> very much believe in demons, very much believe in attachments. I, I take that very, very, very seriously. Um, so... I'm sorry, I'm not laughing Even though that. these I movies saying Osmodeus in my head. <laughs> even though these movies are highly fictional, um, all of this is real, and evil is real, and... Uh yeah, Father Morth was out there doing the good work, man. So all I, we can I hold is him, that there's still ones I hold him out high there. up with like Ed Warren, like he, yeah. you know, really truly saints, like really doing God's work. He wrote a lot of books too. So um, is it is it just me? And I'm I'll leave with this before we get into our in our stuff. But at the very end, 
Is it just me or does anybody else, especially if you believe in God and you believe in demons, when you watch an exorcism film and it's like climaxing and they're like getting the demon out and it's like getting to that point where it's like really close. I'm even getting chills talking about it. When it's getting close to the demons actually coming out and they're finally like the priest are letting everything go and just letting God handle it. Does anybody else get incredibly emotional during those scenes or is it just me? Because I'm like head to butt, head to toe chills. I'm like, this is I don't so much, amazing. I don't as much anymore. Yeah. Uh, me personally, I don't. I I think because the movies are so fictional. And I don't do it every time. It's honestly the biggest one was the Exorcist series. Good God, the end of the first season. Oh yeah, the series. Oh my God, really the end of the no, it was the end of the second season when he when Ben was like crying and he was basically saying that he had his like, whole that character God. just had me emotional <clears throat> that entire series, mm -hmm. both seasons, just his character. Also, fuck anyone who helped get that canceled because that was amazing. Well, but anyway. anyway. But anyway, I just love how that good Trump, good, good over evil type things. And sometimes when it comes to stuff like that, it's just, it's very emotional for me because I'm like growing up in the church. And that's being, probably, I think that's why it is more for you because of your, uh, your experiences with that, which I didn't, I, you know, I didn't grow right. up, I didn't grow up with that. So like, um, I've, I've just always been fascinated with real life exorcisms. But like I said, watching one on film, nope. I yeah, turn I'll probably it off. pass. That was that was about enough. For Not me. a real one. I don't want to see a real one. Because I, I things that I heard during that, and we'll go more into it next week. But um, yeah, I just uh, I thought now this is scary. These these fictional movies. I can put it out of my head because I know that's not real. I know demons are real. I know mm -hmm. exorcisms are real. Just that not but, particular but thing. The, you know, the head spinning, floating up in the air, puking green soup, whatever. Like, that's all bullshit. Like, we know, and we know that's bullshit. Like, we know these are very, any, you know, any of, any of the plethora of exorcism movies that were made after The Exorcist, we all know that's bullshit. Like, you know, at the heart that the story is true, but all these effects you're seeing is bullshit. The bit that I watched of an actual exorcism, I have never been more scared in my entire life. I was at home by myself. I was absolutely terrified. That was the first time anything exorcism actual actually scared because me. it's real. Because that was real. Yeah, that was that was when I was like, oh no, okay, so this is scary, <laughs> right? Because this is real. All those other movies, you know, you you know that's bullshit. This Watching. is real. This is a real priest. This is a real person possessed by a demon or demons. I don't know. I heard two different voices come out of this woman. I don't know. I don't even know. But that was enough for me. I was like, okay, I'm done. Watching I'm the done. part I'm of out. Annalise, whatever her name is. Um, so the recordings, yeah, those recordings. I yeah, the, those, those I didn't so it's like similar. It's similar to that, yeah. Where I was even like, hearing yeah, I'm those, I'm like, I'm like I was like, I like it. I like it. Because it's real. I don't like that. No. Done. <laughs> but anyway, so on that note, so you next guys, uh, we'll be watching that next week, so make sure to get on Netflix and check out the movie. Obviously, there will be spoilers. 
Um, for sure. And, uh, of course, you can give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and um, Facebook. Good Lord. DFWTO podcast um, handle is DFWTO8811. DFWTO if you have any questions. Everybody concerns. be careful on Facebook, though, because apparently they're passing around uh, viruses like candy. So everybody mm-hmm. just be real freaking careful. I don't even have a Facebook page. Uh, but my, also, but be, my dad's computer got hacked. So yeah, don't click on ads. Don't click on freaking anything. Facebook has gotten out of control. Very beware of the worst one that has come out that my cousin fell to. Um, they are getting into your friends' messengers. Yeah, that's what happened to my dad. And they he make click you on think an they ad. need something. He clicked on what he thought was a friend request. They're doing it with friend with friend requests. But I'm talking too. about Messenger. Like and that actual too. Facebook Messenger and they're saying, hey, I need this yeah. code. Can you send me that code? Yeah. Don't fucking send on the code. Don't click on duplicate friend request. If someone you know is dead... And they send you a friend request? Yeah. Go watch the movie Friend Request. Oh, my God. And then don't answer it. I was like, I think this was in a movie. Don't click on that. I was like, isn't the movie actually called Friend Request? (laughs) Good side, you'll get a virus. Bad side, you'll have a demon in your computer. And you can't factory reset that shit. So... Good luck with that. <laughs> so, um, anyway, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all at DFWTO. Podcast handle is DFWTO8811. If you have any questions, concerns, want to say hey, give us an email at DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. Also, give us a follow and a subscribe and a rate rating on Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And, Spotify. and um, apparently, they're taking Google Podcasts away. I don't know when that's happening, but apparently that's happening. Um, so Spotify and iTunes, those seem to be the top and ones. And po- honestly, Podbean's pretty big, yeah. too. Yeah, leave so. us ratings, please. Yeah. We've, been, we've, we've kept good ratings on all three, so that We've officially hit 30,000 downloads as well. Yay! So thank you guys very much for all of the love and support. We very much appreciate it. Is that everything? Check out our sponsors, buy yep. our merch. Um, links flow, will be in everything links are the flow code links are in everything so yes thank you so much guys for for everything we hope you enjoyed the episode and we can't wait to talk to you next week can't wait to bring you some demons next yeah week. anyway okay guys have a wonderful week we love you and remember don't, don't fuck, fuck with the original okay bye